actually uh, part 17, but part 7 of part 17. <laughs> so I don't know whatever the number that is. It's, it's, uh, we're going through the plagues, and we're seeing how a contrast between someone who is an unbeliever, Pharaoh, and someone who is a believer, which is Moses. See, all these lessons that we've been uh, doing about Moses... The Holy Spirit in Hebrews chapter 11 said, by faith Moses. And we're seeing all the things that Moses was called into. This Moses is quite a significant um, character in the scriptures. A person that God called actually from his birth, right? But before Moses was born, he was, he was, a, he was a very special child was going to be born to his mother. And she realized that he was a proper child. She saw something in Moses, and she saved him when she was supposed to throw him into the Nile, right? I mean, she, she herself could have been killed because of this. She was defying the commandment of Pharaoh, and yet she did it anyway. And so right now we're looking at the miracles of, in Egypt. Why? Because God chose to judge the gods of Egypt. Each one of these plagues have, have to do with, there's a God behind it that they worship, they depended on. Today we're looking at the plague of frogs. Now, th this is kind of an interesting uh, uh, thing that, that they did. They, they worshipped frogs. Now you, you think, why would somebody, because we got to remember, these, are, these people are idolaters. They, they don't know that, that all their neighbors told that, see, what happened is every year, Along the Nile, frogs would come up. This was something that happened every year. It wasn't, wasn't supernatural. It was just something the frogs did. They had water. They had everything they needed to reproduce. And, and it was warm. And, and they just covered the sides. And so they created this thing where it was the god of fertility. And um, I, I, I put a little picture on the back there. You can see that, that, that this is one of the reliefs from Egypt. It was, a, it was a person with a frog head. And that is what they worshipped. And, and uh, anyway, this um, we're going to see how God judged this. God's, God's holy, he's righteous. And as he goes through these plagues, he's judging the gods of Egypt. So here's God's ultimatum. God says, let my people go. Right? Yep. Now Pharaoh has an opportunity... Pharaoh can either obey the Lord, and of course, now see, from Pharaoh's standpoint, he doesn't know the Lord. Remember, he said to Moses, I don't know the Lord. Why should I obey him? I don't know him. Well, God's allowing him to become familiar with him. See, he thinks that his magicians has the same power as, as the God of heaven. And, and he's not one bit convinced by this time that they're not. I mean, they have, last time, remember, we looked at the plague of blood, and and his magicians were able to produce, turn water into blood. So he says, see, my, my power just as good as your power. Well, this is the second plague. And it's a plague of frogs. And we're going to see that their magicians could also produce frogs. They could do it. So see, the, the powers of darkness do have some power, right? It's just that at some point in time, we're going to see that they, they fail. See, because it's not... Real power. It's power from the devil. The devil can't do everything he wants to do. So God's called his people to be sober. See, now, here you got Moses. He's going to go into Pharaoh. And um, 
He, this isn't this isn't a game to Moses. This no. is something God commanded him to go in. He isn't going in there, you know, of his own because this was his idea. God sent him in there, and um, he's going to judge the situation. So God's ultimatum, and He tells him. I mean, God's pretty straightforward with Pharaoh. In uh, Exodus eight two to four, it says, "And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs." Now, as I've said. This is not uncommon for the Egyptians. This happened every year. But see, there's something that didn't happen every year. It says, And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into thine house. That wasn't normal. That didn't happen. And into thy bedchamber. Oh, that, that wasn't normal. And upon thy bed, and into the house of thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thine ovens, and into thy kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come up both on thee. Now, the frogs were going to be on Pharaoh. Oh, you see, you see how God's personalizing this. You want to worship a false God, false God and trust in him? God's going to say, now, this is the God of fertility. If um, you look at the, the I, I looked this up, and um, it, it's called Heket was a goddess of childbirth and fertility in ancient Egypt. She was depicted as a frog or a woman with the head of a frog. The meaning of her name is not certain, but possibly derived from the word heka, meaning ruler or scepter, which means that they depended on her, on this, this god of fertility. So actually, it also goes on to say that it was outlawed for you to kill a frog. Okay, because if you did, then the God would be against you. In other words, your, your children would be born with some kind of handicap, some kind of deficit. So, well, anyway, obviously we know, because we serve the one true God, that this was not really a God at all. This was like a custom. This is it's just a tradition. And so they had been worshiping, but he tells them, if you, if you refuse to let my people go, um, you this, this God that you worship, well, I'm going to make this God stink in your eyes. <laughs> and quite literally, he did yep. make this God to stink. Now, the obstinacy, the obstinacy of Pharaoh and the hardness of his heart will drive him, as we look through these, these uh, accounts, to make some very bad decisions, not only for his house. In the end, remember, his, his child is going to... Had to give up his life because of the yes. obstinacy of, his, of Pharaoh. Yes. But also his nation. His nation will be decimated because Pharaoh is obstinate against God. Now that's what we're seeing. Amen. So, what happened? And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, more than you've ever seen before. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure the sound of this to Pharaoh... Remember, he's obstinate. So he's like, I've seen frogs around there before. This is nothing new. Well, he's, he's going to see something new. God's going to do a new thing. So that there'll be so many frogs and, and so many more than anybody's ever seen. They'll take note of it. That's the point. They'll see they're in my house. They're in the place where I fix my food. They're in my ovens. They're everywhere. Frogs were everywhere. Why? Because God told them it would be. This isn't like an accident. God tells them beforehand what he's going to do. Now, we can learn a lot from this. God's told us about some things that are going to happen, right? He's, he's going he's to... We're going to see a pure river flowing from the throne of God, right? We're going to see the, the, the tree of life. It's there. You see, we're going to see. He's promised us some things. 
So see, God always answers uh, or, or um, fulfills his promise. And in this case, the frogs are coming. They're on their way. Yep. Brother Robert? Yes. There's a scripture in Amos, mm -hmm. chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Yep. That's right. Amen. Amen. So in this case, God revealed it to Moses. Remember, remember um, God was going to make Moses, he was going to make him a God unto Pharaoh. In other words, when Moses, when Pharaoh looked at Moses, he, 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 he was going to see him as someone that was superior. Now, in the beginning, he didn't see him. He, he said, he, didn't, he wasn't, had any respect for Moses at all. He didn't listen to him. But in the end, and along the way, we're going to see him say things to Moses like, will you just go ahead and leave? Just go ahead and leave. Why? Because he couldn't handle the power that Moses had. See, Moses, it looked like Moses was doing these miracles. He couldn't see past the person. He saw Moses. Aaron would lift up his rod. These things would happen. He thought, like his magicians, they had some kind of incantation. But see, Moses or Aaron, Aaron did not create an incantation. God did this. Now, their, their uh, magicians did. Yes. Interesting. It's got some information in my Bible. Mm -hmm. It said that the frog goddess, mm -hmm. she was, they said that they believed that she would blow the breath of life. Yeah, that's right. Into newborn children. That's right. Wow. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah. So when when they came out of the womb, the reason that they had breath it was because of this goddess. Yeah. I, I, now that that just kind of blew my that's mind. That's kind of insulting. <laughs> yeah. Kind of insulting to God, who gives us the breath of life. Yep. See, he, when we're born, He breathes it into us, and the moment we breathe it back out, in the end, the last breath. See, our body will die, yep. and every breath from in between that comes from God. You don't, you don't have control or power over your own breath. Now, see, I know. I have lived this. I know. I was going to die. I had a disease of my lungs. And they told me pre to prepare to die. I was going to die. Well, if God wasn't a God that can heal, I would be dead right now. There's no doubt about it in my mind. I would be dead. Amen. But see, people prayed and God healed me. Amen. And I'm here today because of that. Okay, so see... The breath belongs to God, yeah. and He supplies it, and He won't. Satan can't take it away from you. He can't. Amen. He would try if he could. Believe me, he tried to get me to doubt. I was sitting there, and I thought, well, you know, you you want to be faithful, and at the same time, if this is the appointed time, I'm not going to kick against it. If this is appointed, if this is what God has appointed, then I was I was ready. I was willing. But see, God does everything according to his timeline. And, and he is in control. And so I just submitted to that, whatever the Lord wants. And, well, we're here today. I'm here today. So Praise God. The magicians thought for a while that their magic was as good as Moses' magic. See, in their mind, that's what they saw. They saw they were sorcerers. And they did some things and called up some powers of the devil. But see, it wasn't true. But so God's going to judge them too. Remember, in just a couple of a couple of um, plagues from now, they're going to be touched by this, and they're going to admit 
This is the finger of God. When the lice comes up, they can't, they won't be able to duplicate it, and they'll say with their own mouths, this is the finger of God. Why? Because God can convince the gainsayers. That's why. So why did God, why did he choose the, the frogs? Well, we, went over, we already went over that. We, we, because they worship the frogs, and God's proving that he is the only one true God, even if they don't get it, even if they're judged for it. And in the end, when they go out, there was a lot, there was a mixed multitude. A lot of the Egyptians went out with Israel. Why? Because they were convinced. Now later, they'll have some trouble. They didn't realize following the Lord is, is sometimes hard. Sometimes you don't get everything you want. So see, they, they didn't want that. They wanted to come, come back, to, just go back to Egypt where the leeks and the garlic are. Anyway, so... So what do they do? Now, do you think, well, all right, we've got all these frogs, so much so, they're in my bedchamber, they're everywhere, so what, what are we going to do? Let's make some more frogs. <laughs> so so the, 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 they, the, these um, magicians, they bring up more frogs. I, I thought, well, that's a, so now we got two kinds of frogs now. Now, this is interesting. You got, two, you got the frogs that God made, and you got the frogs that the magicians made. So what did God's frogs do? Well, we already knew exactly what they said. They came into the house. They went into the bedchamber. They went into the bed. They did everything God said. That was God's frogs. In other words, they were God's frogs with a purpose. They were, the frogs were doing what God sent them to do. Now, isn't that interesting? Even the frog, God can command the frogs, and they come up, and they do exactly, now, now, uh, so much for the God of fertility, right? That, that, that it's interesting that the, their goddess, the one that they worship, wasn't allowed in their bedchamber. They wanted to get rid of it. They didn't welcome it. Say, oh, this is our God of fertility. Let her have her way. No, <laughs> they didn't. So what did the magician's frogs do? Well, I, I'm assuming now, I'm assuming that they probably ate flies and hopped, right? That's what normal frogs do. They just go along being whatever a frog normally would do. But see, they were not sent on this purpose. This, these other frogs had a purpose, and they did their purpose. And so we're witnessing that how a person that's directed by God, he'll have a purpose. He'll do things with a purpose. Um, but see, if you're just living in the world, yeah, you'll have life, but you won't have a purpose. Not, not like God gives. So Pharaoh, I'm, I'm sure of this, that Pharaoh hated to have to call for Moses. All right? Because this is going to have some humility tied to it. He's going to, he's forced to call Moses and ask him to appeal to God or entreat him to take away these frogs. Then Pharaoh, Exodus 8, 8, then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. Now Pharaoh wants Moses to pray to the Lord on his behalf, but not very long ago he said the words to Moses, Who is the Lord that I should obey? All of a sudden he's square face to face as it were with the implications of denying the word of the Lord he is sick of these frogs yeah now but amen but he was warned right Moses warned him he said this is what God said if you don't let us go he's gonna 
put frogs in your bedchamber, they're going to be even on you. So he says, go, go, go pray. We can see that Pharaoh's just a man. He's just a man, and we can see it from his reaction to this. Pharaoh doesn't say, I'm going to call upon my God to take away the frogs. Now, if he was a God, he would do that, right? I mean, but see, he, he was a God only in, in someone's imagination. He wasn't really a God at all. When his time to die came, he died, and they buried him in a special chamber, and they had all these, these ceremonies for, for you know, embalming him and all this stuff, different stuff so that he could make his passage to the other world, the afterlife. I mean, this is a big deal to the Egyptians. And, and they had a special god that would accompany them, and they would go to a special god when they got there. But see, none of this was true. It was Pharaoh was not a god, and we can see this from the way he acts. Now, many men, when troubles and trials come, um, they turn to the Lord, right? But see, he didn't turn to the Lord. He asked Moses to pray on their behalf, so the, only for one reason, so the frogs would be taken away. Brother? Yes. You'll notice that when he called for the frogs to be taken away, he's also referred to the frogs that his own magicians put put there as well. Yes, yes. So right right there, he's kind of acquiescing. He realizes that what he's faced with here yes. is way above anything he, he can handle. Amen. Amen. See, the, 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 I would be impressed if his magicians could have taken away God's frogs. That would have been impressive, right? If, if he would have just said, they would have done an incantation and all the frogs died, then, then we'd know who's had the greater power. But they couldn't do that. They couldn't do it. They were, um, they were, it wasn't like they were convinced that, that the God of the Hebrews was greater, because they weren't, because they were able to make frogs. But um, <laughs> they weren't able to take them away. They weren't able to take them away. Now, the Good News Bible. I like the way it said this. It says, Moses answered Pharaoh, you may have the honor of choosing when I should pray for you. That's just Moses' reply. He entreated him. He says, will you entreat the Lord or pray with the Lord? And he says, I'll do it whenever you want. When do you want me to pray? And the answer is interesting, too. He says, tomorrow. Now, <laughs> what did he say right now? If, if, if it's such a bad plague and it's bothering you so much that you have to call for, for Moses, you'd want it right now, right? But no, he says tomorrow. Now, now uh, it's my understanding, it's my conclusion that he this is he's called in at night, right? It, it says he says tomorrow. Well, why? Well, I, my conclusion is that he's hoping that somewhere during that night the frogs will go away and he won't have to humble himself. Yeah. And yet, but that's like I said, that's my conclusion. The thing is, is that. Moses doesn't say, well, you should do it now. He says, okay, I'll pray for him tomorrow. You can see how Moses isn't going to suggest any, anything. He's, just, he's doing the will of God in all these things. Another example of Pharaoh having a hard heart. Yes, amen. That's right. Amen. And, and Moses tells him the only ones left will be those in the Nile. That's where they belonged. See, this is where they came from. And so he's going to send them back. But see, all of the frogs didn't like hop over to the Nile, okay? They all died right where they were. And, and we know this because they're going to pile them up and they're going to stink up e Egypt. It reminds me of uh, yeah. when we have a 
a bunch of snow in it, and all the parking lots are big piles of snow everywhere. That's right. Except, it's just, you can imagine if they were all frogs and how much they would stink. I mean, it just, this was this would be really bad. You can also see something about Moses' character in the way he addresses Pharaoh. He doesn't say, I told you so, right? He doesn't say, I told you it was going to happen and point his finger at him and get... He, he's humble. Moses is the meekest man on the face of the earth. And that's from the scripture. This is what, he was a meek person. So what does he do? He, he realizes he is Pharaoh. So he gives Pharaoh the honor that is due a Pharaoh, a leader, a, like a president, right? So he's, Moses is honorable. He's an honorable person. Even though he's sent by God, even though Pharaoh was wrong, he's, he still said, I'll do it when you tell me. Right? So he said tomorrow. <laughs> And he, Pharaoh, said tomorrow. Now, like I said, I'm amazed that Pharaoh didn't ask for Moses to pray immediately. Now, he, Moses said, be it according to thy word. Now, this, this is, this is, he doesn't let him off the hook. That thou mayest know that there is none like unto the Lord our God. Amen. Now, this is a warning. If you can see it right, this is a warning to, to Pharaoh. Don't be messing around with God. Okay, he is the highest God. He's the one that rules over all these other false gods, right? He's the one in charge. Now, don't be playing games with him, because Pharaoh is playing games with God. He thinks that it just—he thinks that their God is like his gods, because he already knows that these other gods aren't really gods. See, Pharaoh is is like the number one in charge. People worship him like a god. But Pharaoh knows deep in his heart that he's not a god. Yeah. He knows that he aches when he gets up. He knows that when he walks and he, he falls down, he gets hurt. He knows all this stuff. But he doesn't tell the people that, right? No. He pretends. But Moses is telling them, don't, don't, there is none like unto him. You don't, if, if you want to offend somebody, don't offend God. No. So make, Moses is making Pharaoh aware that the same God that sent the frogs is the only God that can take them away. But he can take them away, and Moses is going to prove this. And in doing this, God's making a name for himself. See, throughout all the judgments of these false gods, God has made a name for himself, and it has been in the earth for all these thousands of years since he did this. It has not diminished one bit, this testimony. You read about it, Amen. and if you're a believer, it still thrills your soul to see what God's done. In these, these miracles, there's none like unto the Lord. Now, people are still talking. We're talking about it right now, right? And, and, and so ask yourself how exhilarating it is to know you're serving a God that can do these things. So now, what will he do for you? And, and as you abide in Christ, as you walk in the Spirit, what will God do for you? Well, much greater things than this. See, he's, 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 a, he's a God that's able so God's doing a complete work. And I, I, I don't know if I ever saw this quite like this, but see, as he judges each one, he's, God's just not like pulling them out of Egypt. He could have miraculously done that. But what would have it proved? He's, he's pulling them out of Egypt, and in doing so, he's completely judging all these, these false gods and Pharaoh himself. Now, they for 400 years, they've been serving him. 400 years. So when they come out, um, it's going to be with, with a mighty hand. 
Amen. Now, Exodus 8, 11 says, And the frogs shall depart from thee. And I'm bringing this up because this is exactly what's going to happen. Moses, once again, tells him exactly what's going to happen. The frogs shall depart. When I pray for you now, this is what's going to happen. And from thy houses, and from thy servants, and from thy people, and they shall remain in the river home. Now, God, God's showing, he's showing his power. He's not just saying I'm powerful, although it is proclaimed. He's showing them. So the great works of God, he's making them known to everyone that's there. So God's account of the patience of, of Job remains to this day. Job 2, 3, it says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and eschewest evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without a cause. Now God proved to Satan... He proved that Satan couldn't cause someone to sin. See, this is the thing. Satan has made a big to-do about this, that he, can, he is, is, is like God and that he can make people sin. He can't make you sin. No. He can tempt you. But when you, when you sin, it's because you gave in to the temptation. Satan has no power over you to make you sin. Now, that is a good piece of information to have during the temptation. He can't do it. He, he's a liar. He'll tell you that he can't, or he'll send somebody along to tell you, but he can't do it. He Just like that magicians couldn't take away the frogs, just like Pharaoh couldn't take away the frogs, see, they didn't have any power, or they would have done it. Satan doesn't have any power either. His power is an illusion. And if you're walking with Christ, you can just say no, and uh, you won't have to do it. Paul reminded Festus that God's works are, 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 are made known. In other words, this way he says, for the king knoweth of these things. See, it isn't, Festus was acting like he had never heard of it. But see, Paul's saying, no, you, you've heard of these. These things have went across the whole world, right? Everything that Christ had accomplished and his death on the cross and his resurrection, this was all common knowledge. The apostles had preached it all over the whole world. Okay, and, and he says, For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. Why? Because God was making himself known. Jesus died to take away sins, and it wasn't like hush, hushed up. They couldn't stop it. They would have loved to stop it, but they couldn't stop it. And aren't we glad today they didn't stop it? Amen. You wouldn't know about, about Christ dying and taking away your sins. But see, God... Actually, when you're coming to Christ, you're made a king and a priest unto God, which means you can make an appeal for someone, just like, remember, a priest, they would come, bring their sacrifice, and he would do the sacrifice in their behalf, right? So now, now that you're a priest unto God, you see something, you see a need, you can go to God for that need, and they can get blessed because you ask. Now that is amazing. Amen. That is an amazing thing, that God would do that. Just because you ask. But why? Is it because of you? No, it's because of Christ. Christ is at his right hand. He's interceding on our behalf, and we're kings and priests unto God because Jesus, our representative, is right there. Well, isn't, that, isn't that good? I mean, so you having a trial, or you see somebody else having a trial, you can enter into that, 
and you can affect what goes on in that trial. Now, that's, I was blessed by that myself. Amen. So Moses did entreat the Lord, right? He, he did. He went there. He entreated them. So Moses had gone before Pharaoh before and given him the ultimatum, just as God had commanded him. Yet when it came to Moses entreating the Lord to reverse the plague, it was Moses and God alone. See, he, he went out from the presence of Pharaoh. He didn't say, okay, I'll pray for you right now. You know, just, just join hands and we'll pray together. No. He left the presence of Pharaoh when he entreated unto the Lord on their behalf. There's some things that you don't do in the presence of the wicked. They're just, you don't. Okay? There's some things that you, you go into your prayer closet and you resolve. This was one of them. Pharaoh went out of the, I mean, Moses went out of the presence of Pharaoh and he, it was just him and God. He entreated the Lord. We don't have the exact words that he said. We don't need them. He entreated, he asked the Lord to um, take away the frogs. The frogs <laughs> died out of the houses, they died out of the villages, and they died out of the fields. Now, some have made an attempt to explain away the death of the frogs as chance. I read this, and, you know, it's to, still to this day, ungodly, the ungodly, they will not accept that this happened. And they got all kinds of excuses how it did. But what are the chances that all the frogs in all the different places that God had sent them all died at the same time? I mean, <laughs> you, you got to really put yourself there. Yes, brother. See, people that fall into this trap, um, they, they betray themselves. Uh -huh. See, when you seek for an explanation of why the frogs died, mm -hmm. you're pretty much admitting that the frogs were there in the first place. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so where's the explanation of how they got there? Uh -huh. And you see, that this is, uh, it's like a spiral. That's right. And you can't get out of it. Yeah. Um, Amen. So, yeah, we, we do read some peculiar efforts here, but... Uh, mm -hmm. They really don't serve serve anybody's That's certification. Right. Well, see, what we're witnessing when the frogs died is that God listened to Moses. See, Moses entreated the Lord, and the Lord did according to what Moses asked. It, it, it wasn't it wasn't on Pharaoh's behalf. It was on Moses' behalf. The frogs would still be there today if he hadn't. Have, this was something that God was doing. Well, probably would have. And really a, a bad thing to continue, right? Of course, Pharaoh knew this. Pharaoh knew this. We can't live like this. You know, of course, some people, when you come to see sin like that, you'll repent. When you come to see sin, that I can't live like this anymore. It's destroying my life. It's destroying all my relationships. Sin is, is destructive. And so when you see it, you entreat the Lord. And what does he do? He'll hearken unto you. Because that's what he wants anyway. He wants to save now, um, flesh does not want to believe that God works like this. God created the frogs, and when he was finished with them, he allowed them to die, and even their deaths became a testimony of the power of God and the total judgment of God against a false god named Heket. The Egyptian goddess of fertility and childbirth was outdone on this day. Praise God. This plague absolutely proved that she had no power at all against God. So he, he triumphed over that, right? 
But it was it was how he did it. It's, look at how God, how, how how he did this, how he judged this this false god, and and the people came to loathe the frogs, right? And when they seen them in, in big heaps and they stunk up their town, they realized this is a god. See, this is the god I've been worshiping. Is he doesn't have any power? Can you imagine how horrible that was? Yeah. And, and, and yet, this is the God, this is the one you were used to worship, just like sin, right? Now, when you've been delivered from sin, you loathe it, and you think, how could have I ever been deceived? Well, the same way that they were deceived about this false God. And they gathered them together upon heaps, and the land stank. <laughs> now, what a testimony that God put in the face of every single Egyptian. Now, see, none of this happened in the land of Goshen. This is, this is, we're going to see this in, in the next few plagues, that this happened in the land of Egypt, but up north of that was the land of Goshen, and that was protect, God protected them from all of these plagues. Now, yes. In uh, Exodus chapter 7, the, the first plague was the plague of blood, yeah. the water turning of blood, uh -huh. and it says in uh, Exodus 7, 21, mm -hmm. The fish that was in the river died, and the river stank. That's right. So this is the second time. That's First right. the river was yes. stank, and now the land stank. Yes. So then they trusted in the river, the, the God of the river, right, and to, to bring them life. It, it was good. All their plants would grow. All that they, But see, this, this wasn't good either. Now the next plague is going to be lice, and he's going to judge that God. Okay, and this is it's interesting because a lot of versions have called them gnats. But see, a gnat is not a lice. Nope. A gnat has wings and can fly around. This was on the person. See, the, the, the lice was on them, and he couldn't, they didn't have wings to fly around. They were lice. And so the thing is, is that this, it's interesting how, how specific God can be uh, about something. Now, um, the. They came from the dirt. They didn't come from the water. See, anyway, it's interesting when you start looking into the details of each one of these. God's been very specific. And, and that's because God is very specific. And when it comes to your sin, he's very specific too. He knows every one of them. He, he's, and, and Christ came and died for every one of them. He can take every one of them away. So it's very, he's specific. So in, in the testimony... That he's given, he's very specific about that too. So, so um, they gather them all together. All right, uh, Moses entreated the Lord. The Lord heard Moses, and he, he took them all away. And so, Pharaoh gathers them all together and says, "Thank you so much for this. You guys get your stuff together and go ahead and leave. I mean, it, it you know, I promised you I would do this, and and I'm a man of integrity. And you go ahead and leave Egypt. Oh no, that isn't what it says. Pharaoh." saw that there was respite, there was a space, it was a space of peace, a, spa, a, a time, it was calm again. The frogs were gone, things were going back to normal, and he said, he hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. Now some translation says, as the, the Lord had predicted. Now I got a problem with that word, predicted. Because this, uh, God doesn't predict things. He brings things to pass. Amen. God doesn't look down history and say, Wow, well, I see that's going to happen, so I'll say. No, he made it happen. So 
God said, if you don't obey me, this is going to happen. And so, when they didn't obey, it happened. Now here, God already told Moses he's going to harden his heart. In fact, God told Moses, I'm going to harden his heart. Now see, some people have a hard time with that. They they think, well, that's not fair. So now we're going to go into a whole new dimension. You're going to judge God. See, anytime a person says to God, that's not fair, that's dangerous. That's almost scary. God can do what God wants. Now, what you can say, if if you don't understand it, is, God, I don't understand it. Now, that's different. See, God will give you to understand it. If you're honest and you really want to know, but you're saying God's not fair, see, that is a, well, let's just say somebody said you weren't fair. You're not fair. Well, you got to say a little bit more, don't they? Because what does that mean? I mean, I'm not fair about, you know, that I put too much sugar in the coffee. What, what's, what does that mean? You've got to have to explain that some more. Well, how, how are you going to explain to God that you don't think he's fair? <laughs> this is the God, the holy God, that can only do righteousness. He's just. So, see, God is, God is the most fairest, the most equitable personality in all of eternity. So, anyway... Some, but still, some say it's not fair. It's not fair that, in other words, that you would harden Pharaoh's heart. That's not right. Well, see, now here we're seeing he hardened his heart. What does that mean? Well, it means that, see, what we're witnessing, and we can all see this in our own lives, we're witnessing that Pharaoh was a hard person. He was hard. Okay, so what did God do? Well, well there's a sense in which he was hard because God hardened his heart. Now, that's the part that's hard for some people to see. But he can say to Job, to Satan, he can say, he said, he's, look, at, look at my servant Job. Witnessing. See, he's, he, he trusts in me. He gives himself to me. Right? At any rate, this is, later we're going to see some more of this. this God's, God's in control is the point of, of, of what he's saying right here. God's the one that even though we can see, we can witness from the, from the actions of Pharaoh that he hardened his heart. How do we know he hardened his heart? Because he wouldn't let him go when he promised he would. See, so it, it, Pharaoh ended up being a hard-hearted person. Now, the fact is, is that before Moses was sent to talk to him, God said to Moses, so this isn't, this isn't my suggestion, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. So we're witnessing, when he says he hardened his heart, we're witnessing that God did, in fact, harden his heart. So, because it doesn't make any sense. Now, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. If a person went through this, that they wouldn't just say, get your stuff and go. I mean, this is, look at this. He's tearing, he's allowing Egypt to be destroyed. And so, see, this is bad. That's right. Yes. To look back upon this and give thanks that God has done this. Amen. To learn from it. Yes, amen. Amen. Brother Robert? Yes. You said that uh, God doesn't predict things. Mm -hmm. And I would agree with that. Uh, I would say that when God determines to do something, He makes it happen. That's right. 
I was reading today in Isaiah chapter 14. Mm-hmm. It's a, a recent verse. Isaiah 14, 24 mm-hmm. through 27. And it says, The Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, mm-hmm. Surely as I have fought, so shall it come to pass. That's right. And as I have purposed, mm-hmm. so shall it stand. And uh, that I will break the Assyrian in my land, and upon mm-hmm. my mountains, tread him underfoot. Mm-hmm. Then shall his yoke depart from off them, and his burden depart from off their shoulders. This is the purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth. Mm-hmm. And this is the hand that is stretched out upon all the nations. For the Lord of hosts hath purpose. Mm-hmm. And who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out, and who shall turn it back? When God says he's going to do something, you can't stop him. Amen. And he doesn't just predict things. When he's, He determines what he's going to do. That's when right. He carries it out. That's right. He's a God that has an eternal purpose. Now, who else? See, in order to have an eternal purpose, you have to be eternal. I mean, that yeah. just makes sense, right? I mean, you know, I can't have an eternal purpose because what I, can, I have a, a time in time where I was born. <laughs> God yeah. is... is He's always been, right? He's, he's, he's eternal. So he has an eternal. In other words, God has an objective. He, everything in, in the world is moving to be fulfilled, to, to fulfill God's purpose, his objective. And it's called an eternal purpose in the scriptures. And, and so at what we're witnessing in, in any time, when you look out and you see the world, it, it, people that are... Uh, um, uh, that don't know God will say, well, I can't believe these things are happening. I can't. Well, the thing is, is that God is in complete control of everything. There isn't anything out of control when you get up into the heavens. Before God is a sea of glass. Okay? 